Here we go. Folks, this is your host Cameron Ivy of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. And we're live, or it's Memorex. <laughs> gonna date myself on that one. Let's see who picks up on that reference. I didn't pick up on it. I just. That's okay, because you're too young to pick up on that reference. Don't don't be upset. And our guest today is too not American to pick up on that reference. I'm just an old, not so bright American. So <laughs> it's, it's one of my biggest one of my biggest drawbacks, really. I have a few, but that one's high on the list. Okay. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Privacy Please. I am your host, Cameron Ivey, and with me, as always, my co-host and friend, Mr. Gabe Gums. Gabe, how are you doing? Cam, Cam, it's good to see you. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's Monday. It's Monday, so at least we get to do this on a Monday. There that that is. Um, But we do have uh, a great guest on today. Uh, Her name is Lydia Kanab. She is the Global Data Privacy Officer in the world of pharma. So, Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today on Privacy Please. Thank you. Thank you for this nice introduction. Um, I guess some words about myself, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll dive right in. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yeah, make yourself at home. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, indeed, I am. I'm a privacy officer. I just actually moved to the U.S. from uh, Switzerland. I'm Swiss um, and German and Hungarian. Um, And I would say that I'm fairly new to the privacy space. Um, I'm not a privacy veteran for sure. I've been uh, in this space for about three years now. Um, started in a bank, then joined a pharmaceutical company. Um, and I was just thinking of how I got into privacy. And actually, I was one day called into an office and said, do you want the job? And I said, hmm, yes. <laughs> so that was the start to, to an interesting privacy career. Um, I have to say that I um, I am by training an ethicist uh, and went to law school. So not nothing super fascinating here but um i was always kind of interested in the um in areas of the law if i might say that are that go beyond the law um meaning ethics um privacy to me is one of those areas and this is why i was always interested in it um yeah and i was very happy to get this opportunity and i keep discovering uh, a lot of things um it's a very 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 um diverse uh space where you have a lot of uh a lot of things going on. You go from, you know, from cybersecurity to heavy-duty legal stuff that is not my speciality. Um, yeah, so I cover a lot of areas, as many, many of uh, the other people you have interviewed does, do probably as well. Privacy officers yeah. have to be everywhere, and we have to know everything. And we cannot be everywhere, and we cannot know everything, unfortunately, but we would like to. <laughs> not, not, all, not all heroes wear capes, but I hear all privacy officers do. Is that, uh, is that the expression? <laughs> <laughs> that it yeah kind of we also like to hide under our capes you know for for yeah, the sake of privacy very nice yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good that way you get to yeah. cover yourself up and disappear with them that's good you know i was going to ask but you answered the question um for someone who's relatively new kind of how did privacy 
uh, make that introduction to your life. But it sounds like it's always had a, a pretty special place in your world. Um, yes, uh, because I guess because of my training, I was just interested in it. And then um, I'm a private person. That maybe sounds stupid. <laughs> I no? think it's I think it's important that we all are aware of the fact that we do have our little, you know, private space and um, not that we're doing anything illegal or super strange or super weird. We just want to keep it private. And yeah. with everything that surrounds us, technologies that spy on us, if I might say, because I, I do say it. So, yes, we are being spied on, um, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Um, I just like to keep my space private. And I think that as, you know, in my work, I also would like to guarantee that uh, customers and other uh, people we work with or whose data are we have to uh, deal with. Um, I also like to make sure that those that we apply certain standards that I would like um, to see on my own data that I would like companies to apply to my data. Therefore, you know, it's also about ethics. You know, it's like, you know, if you don't want someone to do something to you, then don't do it to them. Uh, it's a basic, yeah. basic principle, but I try to, you know, yeah. <laughs> it is. It, I, I find that the challenge in that, however, usually breaks down at the organizational level, right? Like the individuals tend to want to do that, but the organization um, needs to learn how to do that the same mm -hmm. way the people that make up the organization um, actually have that that sense of ownership over those types of things. Um, I have a I have a question, mm -hmm. uh, slightly divergent from from the topic we're on. Maybe, maybe not. It's all in the same. <laughs> um, but given the uh, the amount of time that you've spent, certainly doing it at the level that you have, and and with you know the organizations that you have. Any major surprises? Any like, wow, I would have expected the privacy world as a whole. So we don't want to pick on any individuals or companies. But like you would have expected that as a whole, the practice of digital privacy would not have had blank. I have to say that I struggle, still struggle, like many of my colleagues with a low level of awareness. You talked about organizations. Organizations are kind of organisms sometimes you have the impression that they take on a life of their own they are live forms of their own but they shouldn't be because they're made up by individuals but i think that um yeah the awareness is really something that i found find super strange because there is a lot in the media especially currently there is more and more i would say privacy awareness i think it started I, to me it really started when people uh, started leaving whatsapp i don't know for me that was kind of a um a point in time when i felt that uh wow so the general public is actually kind of aware not just it didn't just start with gdpr but you know different countries have different perceptions in europe we see privacy a little bit differently than in the u.s and um when this whole thing started that was very kind yeah. of you by the way very yeah. kind what do you mean <laughs> europe does a little bit more than see it differently i would argue that um Europeans have, have a, a standard for privacy that I wish most Americans had, at least, again, on a global level, but not, not the individual level. Yes, but it's it's a work in progress for all of us, I think. Um, I That's don't fair. think that every, um, you know, European is totally, because, you know, we have many, many different countries in the European sure, sure. Union, different languages, different cultures, different histories, and therefore privacy is seen <laughs> on a different angle by everybody. But um, I would still say that the general public, and I would say almost worldwide, is maybe not that privacy aware as they could be. 
and yeah. this applied and this is translated you see this in organizations you see it you see that um you have to do or i have to do in my job and my all my colleagues because privacy is never a one woman one man show it's always working with a lot of people and organizations are you know there are a lot of structures and organizations and you need to work with those and i think that um yeah so we try to do what we can but It's not always you're a lawyer, easy. So, you know, yeah. You're a lawyer, so I'm going to ask you a question that you're not going to like at all. I'm going to ask you to generalize. No, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, no, I'm not an That's attorney. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. You're not a practicing one. That's a good yeah. point. All right. Nonetheless, no. I'm going to ask you to generalize. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, are there any qualities at either the organization level or the, the very personal human level um, that you, you see When you see them, you know that these individuals or that organization takes privacy privacy seriously. Like, what what are the the signals to you? Like, ah, that person gets it. That organization gets it. Um, I would say that all those who ask me questions on a daily basis are generally people who are interested in this topic. So I always applaud them. I say, bravo, you contacted your privacy officer. That's really, really important, actually, because um, people also need to understand that there are specialized functions in companies now that are privacy officers that are there to answer questions. And I think that the issue is when people don't have those questions. And mm -hmm. But when they do, then we are generally very happy because it means that someone has seen something that they don't like or that kind of strikes them as odd. And then they come to see us and we can maybe help them. And then obviously um, we help an organization to improve privacy in general. Every question that we can answer, every you know, everything we can drive forward, every project we can contribute to is always a step in the direction to in, in the yeah, towards better privacy, I would say. If that makes sense. Curious, <laughs> curious the cat. Huh? Yeah. See yeah. what I did there? Privacy killed Curious the cat. I saw what you did there. We all have cats. Yeah. Anybody yep. else? Yeah. I know you guys know what I'm saying, but the listeners. Yeah. You're welcome. The listeners. You think our listeners are cat people or dog people? What do you think? Security people, privacy people. You think there's some common animal like the security people are more dog people, the cat people are more privacy people, probably. That might that might I actually make sense. like to use the litter box when you're around. I like, is there something I can help you? <laughs> What are you That's trying to say about very private, right? Yeah, yeah. This is, I was just <laughs> thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dogs, yeah. on the other hand, yeah. no such thing. That's yeah. true. Oh. They're great for security. They're fabulous for security. You want to you keep the house good and safe, you get yourself a dog. There is the next right uh, side. Yeah. You listen. <laughs> Cats just like, you try to mess with them when they go into their box. It's not going to be no, a good day for you. That's not going to end well. No, no, they'll, they'll relocate and go elsewhere. <laughs> so... Um, um, I'm going to ask this question in a different way, and I'm just curious on your, your thoughts behind it. So I always love to ask this question for all our guests. Um, what is what is privacy? When you hear the term privacy, what does it mean to you personally? Like when you when you hear that, what do you what comes to mind? What's the first thing? And how do you approach that in your uh, professional life? I think the most important thing is, um, you know, I'm here in my apartment since we're still doing uh, home office. Um, I think it's about having my own personal space with, uh, you know, my personal information, that both physically and, you know, digitally. Uh, I think that that is very important. And this is something, well, if you work in pharmaceuticals, you work with uh, patient information. Uh, healthcare generally is, you know, patient information is that's what everything is based on and since all that is particularly sensitive i think that you need to 
apply special protections and you need to be especially mindful what you do with those data. And that's, you know, people in my function in my industries generally have to be very, very careful because, and it's not just, it's not just data. There are always individuals behind it. Individuals in, in healthcare, you have individuals um, with diseases, you have people who sometimes suffer. And this is something that is very, very important to me. So there is the space aspect, my personal space, but also the fact that I want to extend this kind of level of protection to anyone's space, if I can, as a privacy officer, contribute in any way possible to this. Um, yeah, that's... You have a good point of, there. And, and this is, that was a great answer, by the way. Um, my mind started racing <clears throat> to Facebook or, I'm sorry, Meta or... I don't know, whatever that Facebook. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, it's, Facebook. It's still a struggle for me to to participate mm. in this rebranding effort. Well, let's just yeah, let's just say uh, yeah, and I agree. Let's say that all all social media. It seems like to your point where you know how important it is for patient health information and just personal stuff like that when it comes to HIPAA and and um, PHI, if you will. It seems like there's a lot of people that personally just blast out those kind of things on social media, um, personal things. It, am I the only one that notices that? It seems like they just, they'll tell you about every little thing in a story, like the, like it's an outlet of, um, uh, like they're talking to their therapist almost. They want to hear other people's opinions. And it's, I don't know, it's alarming to me that people are that open on social media. What do you think about that? Um, I was just thinking the other day that there are many people who post, you know, um, stuff that I consider private. It doesn't shock me per se, but it is private. It is, all, it is also, you know, pictures of children I find particularly shocking because the children especially could were not in a position to consent. You know, the consent is very important in privacy. And mm -hmm. I always wonder what those parents are thinking, posting pictures of their, of their, of their children publicly on LinkedIn or on Facebook or on other, other social media. Um, this is of course also valid for the children who post pictures of their parents. I've seen that too. I have to say <laughs> not always in the most flattering positions. Um, but um I yeah I find it a little bit shocking. I find I I personally do not feel the need to, you know, to post constantly post pictures of myself. Um, because oh, you don't I take am, selfies and just post them everywhere when you're driving and brushing no. your teeth. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. No, I do not. Also because I I try to be also mindful. You know, it's also walking the talk at some point. I cannot preach privacy and then mm -hmm. myself uh, constantly you know, post all my activities on LinkedIn. I do not have a Facebook account, I have to say. I had one years and years ago. Um, obviously, my data were never deleted. I'm pretty certain of that. But um, I've never also tried to reinstate my account. But um, I don't know. It's just not my thing. I think if, at some point, there are people who are private. And if you're really private, then how can you consolidate that with, uh, you know, putting all your information out there? And I remember one thing. I, I remember I saw the... Um, uh, the the deep fake the Tom Cruise deep fake I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember that that was very very scary and then I started realizing but wow I mean we as privacy officers know that this stuff is possible of course and we we are you know we understand the technology that is behind it but when you see that I hope that everybody realizes that you know when when you post videos of you out there when there are pictures of you out there 
there is a whole new world of, you know, abuse that can be, uh, you know, the, around that uh, criminal activities around your image, around your video, around your voice, even. And that is uh, something where I think privacy needs to be needs to stay on top. Um, and this is why you should maybe limit <laughs> podcasts, of course, <laughs> present company excluded. But at some point, this is also something we have to ask ourselves, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the, the fact that we speak at some point, you know, our voice can be easily identified. Our voice sample can be taken to do I don't know what. I'm sure some criminal minds always find they have great ideas. They're so creative, by the way, that always amazes me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for creativity. That's your, that's the, the group of people that you need on your side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope you see my point. There's kind yeah. of it's, no, when you ask this question. Lost on me at all, yeah. yeah. It's it's you also need to. I think in in today's world, you also need to strike this very hard balance because we, at some point we are all public figures. I do have a LinkedIn profile and I do post on LinkedIn. Only I do not post pictures of myself constantly in different uh, different uh, you know poses and outfits and uh, whatever so i think that nobody needs to see that but uh, my thoughts are on there clearly if somebody wanted to create a something for meta you know in meta if i were in meta probably there could be a user profile for me that very clearly could identify me my my you know my kind of thought footprint i'm sure that that, that will be a thing of the future uh you know thought crimes and stuff minority report no i'm kidding i oh, always yeah. <laughs> uh, it's scary but i mean we're not too far from it no nope. not at no. all we did the controversy with apple um kind of triggered that uh a few months ago i'll tell you again i may be a man of a certain age but the following occurs to me, which is that my very first interactions with the internet, um, I connected to an anonymous bulletin board service. My, you know, my second interaction was I connected through IRC, and both of those things, by their very nature, right, like no one used any real identifying information at all on either of those services. Versus today, someone <laughs> signs up for something, and the first thing it does is tell me everything about you oh, or, even better yet it's like just log in with one of these other services it'll make your life easy log in with linkedin log in with google because i'll get everything i need to know about you from that um and it's that it's that very first interaction that i think if not i highly believe and it's just my opinion does govern the way people interact with the rest of the digital world after that and so it does become a little easier to share a lot of personal things when your very first interaction was sharing personal information well it's i think it's a thing of convenience here um people have never everything is thought to to be well people the, the big companies want to make it easy for people to access uh services and after all i mean we are all the the product kind of you know there is nothing Nothing is ever free. I always try to tell people, yeah, but if you have to give your data to get a service, then it's actually not really free because you're giving, you're handing over your data. And I think mm -hmm. this is something that, that people kind of tend to forget. And people, I think, are too, or many people, I can't say people because not everyone, but many people are just not, well, there's not enough awareness. And some people, I guess, don't care, but do but they probably don't care because they are not really aware of what happens then. But to your point, people use these services, in my opinion, because it is easy. And privacy done right is not necessarily 
easy if you want to, you know, if you want to control the use of your data, all the, you know, all the um, settings you have to go through on your iPhone to make it a little bit more privacy friendly. Every, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe. No, I don't want this. No, I don't want Siri to listen to me. No, I don't want this. I don't want, you know, this app to track me. Um, well, I don't want Apple to track me, but I guess Apple continues to track us and we don't even get to consent to that, which people always forget, the new privacy company. I'm sorry, I'm just (laughs) buying that. I was just thinking about that. That That's a double-edged sword, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it is nice to know, like, if you do go missing and you have your phone on you, um, at least you have that. But that's pretty much it, because (laughs) unless someone's trying to stalk you or they want to track you and stuff, it's, I don't think you want people to know where you are all the time, especially people you don't know. No. Yeah, of course not. But uh, why do you need to know where I am? Well, I think that uh, that you know the big tech companies. I don't like saying that, but what else? What else could I be saying? I guess we all know what what I'm talking about. Um, they obviously know more about us than our family does, and this is always something I say in my trainings because it's the amount of or the information they have about us is, is staggering. I don't know how many hundreds of data points Google has about each and every single one of us, and this is something that bears repeating. Uh, that I always repeat in my trainings as well, because people are just not, when I say people are not aware, nobody ever told them. How would they know? If I don't, if I have never been, you know, I'm a privacy officer. Yes, I care about these questions, but someone who has never been confronted with this, how would they know? I mean, you, there is no um, something that is, by the way, very important to me is um, privacy awareness for younger people in schools. Yeah. That's yeah, where yeah. it starts. And I feel that parents are often not in the best position to give um, really good privacy advice. I try to do it with my teenage son, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure he always listens. Whatever, but he, mom. Well, he's actually pretty much interested in privacy. And oh, really? He tries to. Yeah, he is. He That's is. Awesome. Yeah, he's interested in cybersecurity, and uh, which is which is really good. But um, it starts early, and my hope is that this future generation will maybe not always go for the convenience or maybe question the con- convenience a little bit and say, hey, this is too easy. Why is this so easy? What is, you know, so true. Uh, what is the downside here? And I think that this is something that is not currently not at all, for example, taught in schools. I'm just thinking of um, discussions I've had recently. And how do you want me to train adults who are, you know, who have never heard about this um, and do we think that their children will, you know, maybe question yeah. Instagram or whatever? Maybe not. Maybe. Hopefully they will. But if nobody ever tells people, then how would people know? So I can't blame anyone because they're not interested, because they have never been told otherwise. They have never been said, here, look at this. <laughs> I wonder how um, we change that dynamic. Because you mentioned you mentioned a number of things. One of them really stood out because it's relevant in my life, but like... Um, donated some books and privacy to a school, and a year later they were still sitting in the box. And I was like, "Huh, well, that's sad. That's yeah. that's sad." I mean, a, because they're books, so you know, there's that. Yeah. It's like there's books. So much <laughs> wanna... No, no way. Um, but I don't know how we change that dynamic. How do we make like let's let's reframe the question? How do we make it more accessible to others? You mean privacy, how to make privacy more accessible? I think you need to show people how... Privacy knowledge. Privacy knowledge. Well, first of all, I think people need to see what's in it for them. 
right? Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that in my job, you know, we always talk about the fines and, and I find that that's not very efficient. If fines and laws were enough to prevent people, people from doing bad stuff, we would know that by now, I think. It just doesn't work. So I find, you know, between the, the carrot and the stick, I like the carrot approach, first of all, to, to tell people what's in it for them. And then maybe we can, if once they understand, huh, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's not so great that my data get disseminated all over the internet um, because I just had a case of identity theft. So ah, maybe there are, there are actually real consequences in real life. Maybe that's how you can get people to get a little bit more interested in it once they actually realize that there are real consequences on their personal lives. There are real consequences on their um on you know on on anything in their lives i can think of for example um of children um or people who will one day maybe apply for colleges and then a college will maybe search the web and then some very embarrassing posts will come up again that the person has forgotten about but since the internet does not forget those will still be there even you deleted it someone took a screenshot at some point and i think that these are things that um are very relevant today um for everybody, for 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 yeah, for teenagers especially who don't always realize, and that's maybe a way to get people to become more interested in this topic and to to show them that there are that there are consequences and that it impacts all of us. And that's where I think we're not fully there yet. People don't realize that it does impact all of us um, because some people say, "Well, I don't use Instagram," but they have uh, I don't know. Alexa, <laughs> and then I say, but you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't use Alexa and then tell me that you don't, have, but I don't have an Instagram account. You know, it's kind of, this is where awareness comes in that people need to understand what surrounds us every day. And I think that if there was more, that there are actually some critical articles. I read, I see some all the time, but I think people just skip them because they don't see how that relates to them. Do you think that's possible? I always wonder. I think yeah. that that's actually the issue here. Yeah. And making it relevant in their lives makes yeah. sense. I can, I can certainly yes. appreciate that. If, if a bit of information comes my way and I don't feel it's relevant, I'm not likely to mm. go past the surface on that at all. Like, ah, that's, it doesn't really affect me one way or the other. Even if I don't think it does, and just kind of keep it moving. I mean, I'm yeah. different. I'm kind of just curious by nature, but I can see how that happens quite easily. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, especially at a younger age. Um, so you mentioned something about uh, you do trainings. Um, what what exactly is that for um, your your actual day job? Is that something you do on the side um, or is that like seminars? What What is that exactly? So I do like um, most of my colleagues, privacy colleagues, um, we conduct trainings because we need to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to personalize my approach. Generally, I like to make training relevant for, for people I train. Um, you know, some, all companies have different approach and all privacy officers have a different approach. Um, I am very lucky in the sense that I have a little bit of time that I can dedicate to the, to the trainings and I like to keep it as relevant for people as possible. Um, yeah. And I also like to give a little bit of information on what they can do in their, you know, in their personal lives, because it's, it's not just about the job. This is what the message I want to, I want to convey here that, uh, or during my training said, this is not, we're not doing this just, in our, you know, in our day job, as you say, we're also doing this to protect our privacy, our personal privacy, our, you know, our private lives. 
Um, and I think that that is, uh, people are always surprised when they say, and at home, you can do this. <laughs> For example, change your default uh, passwords. Because <laughs> that's, 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 always a, that's always one thing I say, because they ask me, oh, but what can we do at home? And I said, hmm, maybe that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, personalize it and um, make it relevant to people, I think, are the most important uh, takeaways here. Yeah. Um, not just some, yeah, and I listen think- to people also. Yeah, that they might too. Have concerns. I mean, I think yeah. I think that should be the same approach for school too. Just in general, mm-hmm. I feel like school has been always, you know, it should be more towards uh, focusing on personalizing it. But I mean, obviously, that's going to be harder with every single student. But it would be nice if they had a choice to learn what they wanted to learn instead of uh, being forced to learn things. But yeah. that's a that's another podcast. That's, that's going to be an interesting one. I'm all about that one. Yeah. Uh, let's get that one on the docket. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what do schools do? Honestly, teachers, have you have you ever had a teacher on the podcast? Because I would love to. I That'd haven't seen anything anything in schools yet about, uh, you know, and, and children's, this is when, it's, when it starts. Yeah. For us, it's almost too late. And every teenager right now is using any, some kind of, you know, um, social media. That's and, true. Uh, yeah. They're absolutely so unaware. We should do the following, uh, an open an open casting call to our listeners. If, if there are any teachers out there or if someone's you know related to a teacher, married to a teacher, um, any of those things, um, it would be interesting to, to, to hear how this is playing out in their lives. Yeah. Um, I happen to know a teacher, but I, really, I think I already know the answer. I will go ask that person as well, too, and see if it is relevant. Um, but it, I, feel it like is relevant. It, I feel like it might be... If it if that teacher is, you know, ahead of the game, my when it mother, comes. yes, or that, yeah, <laughs> but like there's gonna or but but the real the real question is is are schools uh, not enforcing, but are they are they trying to bring this and they should bring it into uh, the curriculum or just I don't know. That's no, fascinating. You, Think given, about. I'm given several um, talks at said school and they've all been on cybersecurity, nothing on privacy which now it strikes me hmm i should probably update that curriculum next time i do it as well um yeah no i will i will absolutely do that next time i uh i, I do one of those school days yeah no we're gonna just work it right in there we'll make it on both because as we discuss in the show all the time you can't you can't they can't exist without each other really right like no. it's not a thing like sure you can have security without privacy um but that's not useful um, and we all agree we, we want security, right? Like no one disagrees with that. Yeah. Um, so then that just really leaves the the rest of the white space to fill in, if you would. Can I say so, something about this? Yeah. Just a professional, or professional, my my opinion and professional and personal, I guess. Um, if I had a you know advice for um, new privacy officers, I would say make you know your cybersecurity colleagues your best friends <laughs> because they are so important. I remember when I was. Um, when I was still working at the bank in Switzerland, I had um, I sat in an office and the, the cybersecurity people were on the other side of the corridor. I mean, I really had to walk down the corridor. And whenever people saw me stomping down the corridors, they knew that something was going on. <laughs> and some people saw me walking back and forth. I think the head of legal saw me going back and forth um, because I, sometimes I had to go talk to those people. But I, I feel that we're not always speaking the same language ideally we should be speaking the same language but i think people with legal background and then you have it people or or even other backgrounds i don't know um it, it's sometimes a bit of a challenge and um 
I always try to, you know, try to play very nice, first of all, because I have an immense uh, respect for uh, my cybersecurity colleagues. Um, they are the ones who have to stay up all night when there is, uh, there is an incident. They are the ones who, you know, I, I mean, I, will, I would also be called, I guess. Uh, but those people have, have a very hard job, especially during COVID. I think a lot of things happened and... Uh, you saw all these all these kind of memes on LinkedIn. I guess <laughs> the head of cybersecurity his bed was empty, and uh, and I guess that's really that's really how it is. So I kind of feel for those people. But on the same side, well, on on the other hand, I also want to help them. And I think as privacy officers, we can support uh, cybersecurity efforts. I, for example, like to like to include uh, some of that in my trainings. Um, I happen to have one tomorrow, so our friends are going to come speak to us. Um, so that's really cool. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I think it's really important that we that we walk hand in hand and try to, you know, help each other. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what most privacy officers do. I, at least I hope. And they also kind of um, see that the, that our cybersecurity colleagues have a, have a hard time right now. That's I have a yeah. known proclivity for beating up on my fellow cybersecurity people. Um, so the following statement will come as no surprise to them as I'm sure I've made many, uh, an enemy at this point, maybe. Hello, fellow. Hello, everyone. Um, however, the following I find to be a generalized, um, I don't want to use the word truth because it is generalized, but, but an observance of mine, which is I feel like the privacy side of the world has been reaching out more to the security side than the other way around. I mean, we're, we're really hoping to bridge the gap here on, on, on this show. Like, I feel like there's there's way more efforts coming from that way than there is the other. So, um, yeah, I'd like to open open challenge to to, to my uh, to my fellow security people to make sure they actually know who their their privacy uh, their in house privacy uh, person is. They should they should get to know that answer. Maybe they're too busy. Could that be it? I don't know. Look, we're all too busy. <laughs> every last every last one of us are too busy. It's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, but are you ever too busy? to to be employing those controls to ensure that not only the security of the data that you protect is there but the privacy um you know in some in some worlds that uh well let's let's take let's, let's make this all relevant bring it full circle because i like to point out the following to people um you know hipaa uh, is one of the the longest standing privacy related uh, regulations um around right we're going back sure. to mid 90s um, that's how long it's been around. Almost every single security person can can you know has heard of it, can tell you about it in some some level of, of detail, right? So it's not like it's completely foreign to them. But but all of the the newer privacy regulations are kind of a eh, I don't really know if that's my problem kind of thing. Um, and, and really, what we're getting at here is it's it's just as much your problem as SIPA was your problem, right? Um, I don't think there's any escaping that. Well, I think reminding all of us of. Um the responsibility we have, which is which I would phrase in terms of accountability um, on the GDPR, as you know, everybody is accountable for um, the security of data. Security of data is has many, many aspects. There are also privacy aspects. If I say, for example, that you should maybe limit the collection of data to a strict minimum, I can also help. Uh, you know, there are fewer data to protect, and that to some extent, I'm oversimplifying here. We agree, but to some extent, that that can also help. Um, and also maybe being more aware of where I put my data, et cetera. But that's that's a whole different story. Um, but I think that, yeah, let's all just work together. That would be that would be what I would like to say. And it cannot be that difficult. But again, what's in it for them? What's in it for the cybersecurity colleagues? I think there there is some you know there is some synergies to make. There is some uh, um, some help privacy officers can provide. And I think that 
um, it's also a matter of explaining that it really matters for our whole organization and we all are pulling on the same string in the end. Um, again, in, in healthcare, well, you try to protect patient data and it doesn't matter how you do it. You just need to do it and everybody needs to agree on how to do it and uh, I think, yeah, I, I'm a privacy officer. I will never tell you, no, there's nothing I can do to help cybersecurity. Yes, there's a lot of stuff I can do to help cybersecurity, obviously. Especially, um, you know, we, we tend to reach out to people a lot because we have to. And uh, we always help by, you know, by asking, but are you aware of the cybersecurity initiatives? Have you taken the training? And I think that is totally an area where we can help because we need people to be trained in cybersecurity for the data to be safe. And this is what, you know, so we really need cybersecurity, but cybersecurity probably thinks they need us less, but we can still help. This is what I would like to highlight here. Yeah. And and, and if I'm being fair, I don't know that uh, it's that my colleagues think, you know, there's nothing that um, they can do so much as I feel like it's an awareness thing, right? Like many mm -hmm. of them probably don't realize where they can have that impact, Um uh, you know, shameless plug, and we can put it. We can put it in the show notes here uh, as a byproduct of an episode that we've done in the past. So, shameless plug to ourselves. Um, you know, we, we created a, a a small project that is really just a compendium of information around um, you know architectural decisions that you can make in order to protect the privacy of information. And those are the same types of architectural decisions that we think about from a security perspective. But I promise you the following. Uh, in the same way that we run um, both live fire and tabletop security exercises, most organizations aren't to the point where they're running those type of live fire, tabletop, and um, live fire and tabletop on privacy exercise, right? So it's not just can I get at the data, right? But like, what kind of data can I get? Like exploiting the types of privacy vulnerabilities that are out there. Can I can I reconstruct that data such that right? Like so so reconstruction attacks, right? And de-identification attacks. We're not we're not really doing a whole lot of that. And that team, the security team, is very well equipped to help us run those very same exercises. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think I think it's um, I think the cybersecurity teams and the privacy teams, um, with regards to data breaches and leaks, however, however you might call them, um, need to be working together. And I think that a um, for example, um, any type of uh, crisis management with regards to data needs to include if you have structural team in place, privacy officers and cybersecurity people. But I do think that as privacy officers, we have maybe a more organizational approach, more operational approach than, let's say, the pure legal people who are thinking of the lawsuits. Because I, as a privacy officer, need to make sure, you know, I know where my data are and everything. And I need to make sure that, uh, you know, controls are applied, uh, certain restrictions for access, etc. Um, and again, this is something where we need to work hand in hand. But sometimes I also think that the borders are a bit, um, it's not completely clear sometimes, but that is something where an organization also needs to say, this is, you know, we're doing this together. Yeah. Because if the organization doesn't tell both parties, you need to work together, then it creates sometimes silos or the way those two need to cooperate is not clear and some privacy officers sit within uh, the security organization or, and, but then when you are more on the legal side, I feel that there is kind of a wall that you hit when you are considered as someone who doesn't really understand what the 
tech people, the cybersecurity people talk about. And there is also some effort on our side to, to make where we have to demonstrate that we actually know what we're talking about because the cybersecurity people, okay, okay, just go away. You, you, you know, let, let us deal with it. And then, you know, I would say it's our duty to train ourselves also to appear as valid, you know, partners. Um, I was going to say partners in crime, but I guess partners in <laughs> preventing the crime. <laughs> so you see what I mean? It's kind of, you know, privacy officers need to need to train themselves to be. It's a bit harder for us legal people because we need to demonstrate that we are good partners and that we that we add value mm. and that we're not just, you know, telling them what to do. I'm not. I'm not, I would never tell a cybersecurity person how to do their job. I would rather try to learn from them and then, you know, train myself. Um, that's really, really important, yeah. I think. And people are always kind of underestimating that, that, you know, you talk to experts and you need to become an expert yourself a little bit. You can't just expect the others to listen to you when you don't bring much useful information to the table or so it yeah. seems. Yeah. This has been a, a very packed episode with um, learning and education, um, both internalizing it and externalizing it um, to others. You wouldn't happen to have off the top of your head any resources that might be useful for our listeners to, um, to, to go check out, would you? We can also put them in the show notes as well. That's the resources about education. I would say just keep your just keep your eyes open. Uh, LinkedIn is a good source. I feel um, there are some people who are really really interesting to follow, um, and also the media. There is a lot of uh, reporting going on on privacy uh, on privacy issues. There are many of them. And I would simply encourage people to not skip over that article that talks about, you know, Apple and privacy risks and maybe read it. Um, it's a matter of, you know, making yourself available to the information because the information is out there. The question is, am I available to receive it? And if I'm not, then I'm, I cannot blame anyone else but myself if I don't get the information and I, if I don't understand the topic. Yeah. Also reminded me, shameless plug to one of our past guests, um, Future Privacy Forum. I saw they published something again recently. I didn't get a chance to read it in detail, though. But it, but uh, you just reminded me. I need to go back and, and check that out. Also, they they publish a decent amount of educational topics. There's also the EFF. I would I would always um, you know I like EFF, I like cyber one, yeah. yeah I like cybersecurity organizations generally. I like Bruce Schneier a lot. So I Love have some Bruce. Books. Yeah. yeah. I mean I guess we all do. I mean it's just a. <laughs> You can you can it not. It's hard not to, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would um, check those out. We should try and get Bruce yeah. on. Bruce. Yeah. You should, good, I think. Those are good yeah. ones. Okay. Yeah. So good resources. The EFF for sure. That's a really good one, too. Yeah. And there are many organizations, um, many organizations out there, consumer protection organizations in the U.S. Um, you have NOYB, the... Max Schrems organization also that publishes interesting stuff. Um, yeah, especially with regards to GDPR, you have heard about that probably. So it's really, it's really interesting. Um, I would say just keep your eyes open and look for the information a little bit because it is out there. Yeah. Generally. And there are also books. I'm just, I'm currently reading books. Um, I have several books about privacy here, actually two by Bruce Schneier. So <laughs> we have, um, We've had a couple of people on that have promoted their books on here. What was the one that Nishant 
wrote is it privacy by design privacy, it was privacy engineering no that was privacy engineering so that one was very technical it was um similar to the uh the the resource that we publish although that is it's far more in depth um i was just points to a whole bunch of other books and tools and stuff um but nishant basharia yeah he wrote a book on privacy engineering which might be useful if uh, you find yourself in one of those conversations with security folks um i would certainly recommend his book to yep. them so that they understand how when they're building applications and, and securing their environment, they might think about the uh, the ways they can apply digital privacy controls yeah. on top of and alongside security controls. Uh, that's a whole different topic, I would say. I, I, I noticed recently that not all, um, or I, I would say that not all um, tech IT people are necessarily aware of privacy by design, for example. They know how to build their stuff, of course, but then how do I build, you know, privacy from the beginning by design, by default? How do I build that in whatever I, I build, whether I build an app yeah. or something else? That does not seem to be, that does not seem to come natural to everybody. But again, this is where privacy officers need to step in and uh, and train people, but also they need to Tell people that they that they know what yeah. they're talking about and demonstrate that look what I'm saying is totally useful yeah. and relevant for you. Please listen to me. So that's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we went through this in the application security world as well. I mean, in, in software security in general, right? Um, there was a point in time where most developers did not have any real understanding of how to code securely, right? Like sanitizing the inputs in a, in a web form and that kind of thing. You know, the OWASP top 10 wasn't a thing that existed in that, in that um, sense forever. Like we've been developing software longer than OWASP has been around. And the same is now true of privacy. I will add though that um, speaking of OWASP, they do have a top 10 privacy. Um, and, uh, and that, that same privacy engineering um, in fact, it's called Awesome Privacy Engineering, the project. And if you look that up on GitHub, it has a bunch of resources um, from, a, again, an engineering and developer standpoint that's, uh, that's quite useful. We, we do owe it to the industry to provide more of those types of resources. Yeah. yeah. But I think that not everybody necessarily who works on that kind of stuff, who d develops apps, would go looking for that information. I suspect that they don't know that it's, uh, that it's there. I know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. In the same way, developers didn't know secure coding training existed. Like I didn't, I didn't know that. Should I have done that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and now most organizations provide it to those employees to make sure that you know the product that they're turning out yeah. is inclusive of those types of things. Security, um, yes. Yeah. Privacy, Privacy, I'm not always. I'm not always sure. That's that's my yet. concern. Not there yet. Yeah. 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 That's when they're oh, like. They think. Yeah. That's when they're like privacy, please. Please, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that many people actually think that when they talk about security, privacy is somehow automatically included. Have you right, encountered this? Right. This yes, is what I, have. the perception that many people have. But then I say, no, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. I thought this oh, warranty was one we've encountered. <laughs> so I'm curious about your thoughts on this. This would be fun. You could put yourself back at the beginning when you first came into this position uh, three years ago, but, or you can think about it now at where you're at in your, in your career. Um, but let's say you're starting a new privacy program, but you only have a hundred dollar budget. Where, where would you at least start? With hundred dollars? Mm -hmm. I guess I would organize a great awareness session. 
with hundred dollars, what would they get me? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a discount speaker or something. I don't know <laughs> if you, someone would be willing to. Just pay I would yourself. say, please. I just have hundred dollars. I'm happy to. You know, I, I can give you hundred dollars so you can have a great meal by yourself. Um, yes, awareness, awareness training. Yeah. I think with with small with, with with little resources. What I mean, what can I get? Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I cannot hire consultants or something like that. So no, that's a good answer. That's I think a lot yeah. of our answers that we get gave is uh, usually some kind of training, which yeah. is which is a good answer because mm. um, that is it's a tough question. Yeah. And they probably have hundred dollars is really not much. That's yeah, <laughs> maybe say a thousand that would be a bit more. Yeah, but no, uh, we can't. We have to, easy. have to spend a thousand dollars on yeah. uh, on an executive uh, boondoggle. We, we only have a hundred dollars left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we only have a hundred dollars left. What, what do you do with that money? That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Here's hundred dollars for you. Yeah. yeah. I can also say, no, I'm not going to do anything. I could invite my cybersecurity colleagues for drinks. How about that? So maybe you you build relationships with there you go. colleagues. Exactly. Ah, I think that's ah. that a good answer. Relationship building. That's a great answer. That is a good answer. We'll allow it. Yes. yes. We'll allow it. We'll give you a high grade on that one. Thank you. B plus, A, A minus. Security people are known for uh, drinking heavily, so 100 bucks <laughs> might not still go that far. <laughs> yeah, you might have to go to a Chili's like two for one night <laughs> after years of defending networks we've 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 learned to imbibe uh more, more than others sometimes <laughs> it happens <laughs> I like that um yes. so 2022 privacy predictions what do you where do you see things going and where do you hope to see them go i hope privacy will become a more mainstream requirement in the heads of average person on the street. Um, I hope that people will be more, um, will want more privacy and that will might steer certain companies in the right direction. Um, I'm very curious to see about Meta and their privacy. So that's kind of more of a question mark where I would Mm. say, I'm, do you still say Facebook? I don't know. (laughs) I would, (laughs) I actually really don't know. So I would say I'm super curious to see how that will play out because I see a whole array of uh, privacy issues in their whole metaverse. And uh, I think people are not even, cannot even imagine what that means for privacy, but I guess we will, we will find out. Um, Yeah. And I would like, this is a personal wish of mine. I would like more, um, more push by consumers, a little privacy awakening. Um, So people realize and privacy awakening. Yes. But, a mainstream privacy awakening, not just, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty much awakened to privacy already. <laughs> you, you are too, I guess. Would that but, be considered woke? Yeah. Are you woke to privacy? It's <laughs> oh, a good maybe. question. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. How woke yeah. is privacy? Is privacy woke? I'm wondering. That's a good I think question. It is kind of. I don't think, I think so. it is. Well, Protecting identity and private lives, and uh, that yeah. sounds kind of woke to me. It or it should be. Kind of yeah. Well, that's yeah. why. That's it. It should be. It should yeah. be. Definitely should be. Yeah. Definitely should be. Because there are real impacts to real life. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, Here, here's a funny analogy for you. And the reason why we keep saying Facebook instead of Meta, it's because it's like, it's like if if someone was stalking you and then you put a restraining order on them and then they change their name, yeah. they're no longer John. They're, they're John Doe now. No, 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 no. You're Frank and you were, yeah. you're, you're a creeper still. 
Evil changes his name to Charles. Like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Evil. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm Charles. Still the same. It would yeah. be, it would be I, funny. Like a meme would be funny if it was the Facebook emblem and then they just put the glasses with the mustache on it yes. with like meta, <laughs> like somewhere. With like a fake nose with like the fake nose <laughs> and, the, and the eyebrows. Yeah, like, that would be a good meme. Oh, well, let, let's see how that plays out, I would say. I guess it will be even worse than Facebook, uh, but... Yeah. You say they're not going to be calling Camerai up anytime soon for marketing. No, I wouldn't doubt it anyways. They wouldn't, I don't think, we're just small okay. totem pole. Okay. Um, so, Lydia, is there anything, uh, anything that you'd like to bring up that we didn't discuss on today's show? I think we discussed a wide array of topics. Mm -hmm. um, Anything that you'd like to bring up? I would stress the importance of um, privacy awareness for children and teenagers. It's really something yeah. that matters a lot to me because um, the future generations will even, they, they have never known anything else than the data being basically used. Um, and yeah, I did not grow up with the internet necessarily. So um I, I was not in that position, but I think that there needs to be a little awakening. I'm hoping it's going to be for 2022, as I said, but maybe with a, with a little help um, for, well, maybe privacy awareness in schools. I think that that's something really important. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, we're, we'll go ahead and wrap it up with our, what is it, Gabe? I forget what it's called. It is time. We, we can call this the uh, the 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 not meta portion of the the show. We we're going to get extra personal. Um, we're going to ask some questions now to to really get into who is Lydia? Who is Lydia? <gasps> who is, is that Lydia? a real question? No, oh, there are a series of real questions. Yes. Yeah. Right. There's real. There real. There real ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who who is? Um, I I would say you will never know. There's many ah, me's. Excellent. Many like me's. Okay. Mm. I like that answer. Many many yeah. many me's. Or many knees. Mi not mini me's, but many knees. <laughs> many knees. <laughs> okay. Did I articulate properly? Yeah, yeah no, you, yeah, you're fine. Two Doctor <laughs> Evil references. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my references. You're sure? That's good. <laughs> I like it. I mean, by the way, which also tells you who I am. I would say, yes, kind of, right. It's, we just <laughs> learned about one of the many mini you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will say that I think. This generation has no idea how, uh, I don't know, like, I think that that whole time frame when, when uh, Austin Powers came out, that those movies were so underrated. Um, were they? I thought they were a big deal. I thought well, they were was... a big deal. They were a big deal, I guess. They were a big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, yeah. I guess, like, looking back, I don't, I don't think that people understand, like, I'm trying to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a clown. I'm sorry. I, 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 I love it. <laughs> She's doing her Doctor yeah. Evil, if uh, for all yeah. the listeners, she's doing her yeah. pinky up. Um, which you know what? By the way, just a shout out since we're talking about Austin Powers, Will Ferrell's shout out Doctor Evil. What? No, Will Ferrell being in that first one as the uh, the guy being badly burned. Yeah. I never knew it was Will Ferrell until later on in life, like when he because he wasn't like I know I think he was on SNL and stuff, but I didn't I didn't realize it was him. Cowbell. cowbell. I know. Cowbell. He needs more cowbell. He needs more cowbell. He needs more cowbell. Yeah. Always. You never Always. have enough cowbell. 
We um more questions. Keep them coming. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I'm answering questions. <laughs> so what, since we're on since we're on movie topics, what's your, what's what's Lydia's favorite movie? What is your go to um, that you've watched many many times that you could just put on and it puts you in a a good well, mood? Or you also do have a movie question too, though, don't you, Cameron? I do. Oh yeah, I guess that'll go with it. So let's let's do that one instead. One or two? Can I name two? Mm, yes, you can name two. We'll go with that first. Um. I really like Wes Anderson as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Royal Tenenbaums, but it's not really a feel-good movie, I would say. Um, I like Wet Hot American Summer. I have to admit, I just think <laughs> it's so funny and so not, you know, yeah. serious. It's I, I like silly stuff. Yeah. I like You have to open your heart for silliness, I think, at some <laughs> point, especially when you're a privacy officer or a cybersecurity person because you just can't take it anymore. You just need a little <laughs> silliness in your life. That's fair. It's the truth. That's the truth. That's half the reason we do this show. It's just just to to, to relieve us from the day to day doldrum that is trying to protect uh, data. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. And and we really love talking to people like you. Can I suggest a question? Sure. I think sure. a good question. I think a good question to ask someone is: If you um cannot become a privacy officer, what would you be today? Ooh, do you what, like that? What would you be today? Lydia? <laughs> yeah, let's Me? hear. It. I would either be a doctor or um, I was actually starting to embark on a career in medieval literature. Oh, that's fascinating. See, that's, law school. that is so close to data security. It's, it's, it's hard <laughs> to even tell the two apart, really. So hard to tell the two apart. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Medieval are, literature. Yes, yes. That's fascinating. Totally. Yeah. Reading SOC 2 audit reports is, is practically medieval. Someone <laughs> yes. someday, some archaeologists will look back 2,000 years from now, and they won't be able to tell Chaucer from, in the, from a SOC 2 report. They'll be like, wait a second, what, what is this? <laughs> exactly. How did, how, this is exactly what I was going to say next. How did you know? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's ask, let's ask this one because it's always fun. Um, okay, Lydia, you're kidnapped. Okay. <laughs> and the cast of the last show that you watched is supposed to come and save you. <laughs> who, who is that cast? Wait a second. Let me think. One of my favorite shows is Silicon Valley. So I probably is the last. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. Hopefully. Probably, wait, that be great? <laughs> wait, is that, is that going to be with? Um, Erlock, is it Erlock, the one that left? Erlich. Erlich. No, I don't. Th- let's discard him. He was canceled anyway. Okay, so, so no, he was no, out. Uh, He's out of it now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, you definitely don't want it to be. Um, what's his name? I always forget their names. The one that's super I don't serious. I want it to be any of them, honestly. I did, I'm not really sure. Yeah. That's the no, team I Jared, want. Jared, the guy who does the business development, I think he would be kind of good at organizing this, like a search party. Oh, the or, creepy no, guy? No, the no, tall, no. creepy guy, right? He, yeah, but he feels fairly incompetent. <laughs> and he is creepy. He's a little creepy. <laughs> he plays a, he plays a creep in the, the office, too, which is funny. And he's fairly incompetent. I'm not sure I want him on the squad. I don't know. I don't know. He's passionate. Look, He's he is he has passion he has passion. That's All a good right. show. You watch Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. I like Brooklyn Nine Nine a lot. Maybe that would be All better. Right. But I don't know. Be better, yeah. No. Just because I they have be guns. Okay with that. But I mean, come on. But they're funny, you know. That's they can true. kind of Are you funny. know yeah. charm their way through but difficult Harry, situations. Harry Cruz to my rescue oh. all day, every day. Oh, Agreed. Yes. Every day. Obviously. He's got to do the robot though when he does it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. With yes. a whistle. Shows up, he's got it. <laughs> and a glow stick. I'm a big fan. Right. I'm a big right. fan. Yeah. That's right. 
I am too. I actually have to finish that. I think I've only been through six seasons, um, but I need to finish it. I know the last season was right now, right? Yeah. It's happening right now. It was out. It's yeah, sad. it's out now. And I think it's a lot. Yeah, it's sad. It's kind of the end of an era, I would say. Mm. Yeah, because comedies are easier yeah. to keep running um, than, say, like, if you let, uh, like, uh, Game of Thrones Tell go on to nine, nine seasons. Soap operas. I couldn't, I couldn't watch that. I need a little kind of fun and lightness. Um no, yeah. and silliness. Right well, I yeah. do have one to recommend. Um, if you ever get a chance, Mythic Quest on Apple TV. I will write that down. Never if heard of If you like Silicon it. Valley, you will love Mythic Quest. It's it's um, Mythic Quest. It's basically nice. about a a game creator. He made like this game that's like it's like WoW kind of um, or whatever. Just it's like a role playing game, and it's Video about their role, office role playing. Okay, yeah, it's it's because. it's a it's basically a story of like. You know, they're they're a company that. Oh, what are we seeing? Oh, all wows. I have about fifty board games behind me. I didn't want to. <laughs> that is that collection. I got to tell you, um, I don't know many people that have a collection uh, quite like that. I have an entire uh, closet from about the floor to the top filled with all kinds of yeah. Although um, we work with a gentleman. Uh, he, he's both a video uh, board game creator and um, collector. Bill, Bill's got like I didn't know that hundreds of board games. Yeah, yeah. Bill's got hundreds. I, I, I do not have nearly that many. So probably about as many as you, Lydia. So what's... see, there is a good privacy thing because they can track you. That's you just right. play good old fashioned yeah. board pieces. That's see? right. So what's exactly. your What's your favorite board game? Ghost stories. Ooh, Ghost stories. Nice. I don't know if I've ever played it. It's a co-op game. I like co-op games, and um, yeah, yeah. the artwork is really, really amazing. And um, it's a. Uh, I've had several. I also like um, what is Dead of Winter. It's a really cool game that we play as a family. I like. Uh, no, I'm a big, big board game fan. Actually, have you played you Werewolf? Yeah, yeah, of course. But you need a bigger group for that. It's kind you of do. Fun. It's very, very fun, though. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh, yeah. I love Werewolf. I think it's yeah. there's something similar to Werewolf. It's called something else. Um, with different types of characters and stuff, but I recommend Secret Hitler and um, Secret whoa, Hitler is a very whoa, whoa. fun game. What's That's that? the name of the game. It's an That's American game. No, it's Secret it's, Hitler. <laughs> you can cut it out. It's a really cool game. It was, um, yeah. It's it's also a co-op game. It just happens to be, you know, um, whenever I pull it out and I'm I am German. Whenever I pull it out in Germany, then people go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I but, love about Germans, though. That, uh, that, that's the kind of sense of humor you get from Germans. So no, one, but it, no, no, it's one's an like American game. Man. It's an sure. American game. I know, I know. But, I know but the description is a dramatic game of political intrigue and betrayal set in the 30s. Yeah. Ah, I have to get this. this is a, you said it was an American game? It says it's from Germany. Or it's set it's, in Germany. It, the, it's about... Set, but the creators are definitely American because no German ever would have dared coming up with that. We also, you know, we all have our historical kind of right. points that we, we just can't. So, yeah. Speaking of which, have you ever seen, I know you have, but have you ever seen Jojo uh, the Rabbit? Me? Mm hmm What is that? <laughs> is it called Jojo the Rabbit? Movie. Is it the movie? No, it's not The Rabbit. It's Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. It's, um... Yeah. It's it's interesting. You might be able to explain it better than me. I don't know if I can describe it. It's a movie. Um, it's a I thought a very good movie. It's about uh, it focuses on the lives of two kids. One in particular, um, kind of near the end of the Second World War in Germany, um, 
and he has this imaginary friend. His imaginary friend is Hitler, actually. It's an American-made movie. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's actually extremely well done, equally tasteful. Um, it's uh, I'm going to do the, the critic thing. It's funny. It's sad. It'll make you laugh, cry, et cetera. It is all of those things. Comes on the list. It's um. Have the you list. ever should be on the list? Have you ever? I can't. I probably botch his name, but his name is Taki Watiti. He's he's an actor and a director. He's been in. Um, do you watch the Marvel movies by any chance? I did. I think wasn't he? Didn't he direct that series that is called um, What We Do in the da, Shadows? Da, 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 da. No, Reservation Dogs. I think he is the one who directs it. Okay, yeah. He's been in he's been in a lot of things now lately. He's been in a lot of Ryan Reynolds movies. Um he mm. he was in Free Guy. He was in the Lo- uh, uh Thor movie. He's actually the rock character. He's like this big giant rock guy and then um not the rock. Now that. we're not talking about I was going to say you said the rock. And then he's um he's he's he plays Hitler in this movie that we're just talking about and then he also he's in a movie called What We Do in the Shadows which is a vampire movie and it's hysterical. So if you like silly things, go see what we do in the shadows. You'll absolutely love it. It's basically, it follows vampires who, um, <laughs> you just have to go see it. I promise you'll enjoy it. And then they and also I do love vampires. I'm a big, you will... I'm a big Buffy fan. So oh, okay. yeah. Last one, then we'll let Ken get back to the Inquisition. If you haven't played Exploding Kittens, you have to play. That's right. Kittens. Yes. Yes. That's one game that I want to get. Yes, you must get exploded. Don't have it yet, unfortunately. But I have many other games. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you could pick one superpower, you can make it up. You can pick one that exists, I guess, in the superpower vocabulary or yeah, library. Say, yeah, it's one that exists. <laughs> um, but what would it be and, and why would you want that power? Cure disease. Mm. That's a fascinating. Like with a touch? Kind of like. I haven't figured out the the way it would work, right. but maybe with maybe with a stare that's much cooler. You have kind of <laughs> things shooting out of your eyes, like and then the person is healed. Wouldn't okay. that be cool? Wow. Yeah. But you now I have this. a qualifying question. Qualifying question: Do we do we affect the natural aging process at all, or do we let that kind of natural disease linger? Or mm. are you cool mm. with everyone becoming vampires? Because as we know, Lydia. You are a vampire. Yeah, can't you see? I mean, that's right. <laughs> she did the thing. So obvious. <laughs> that's a good question. I have not thought that through. I I need to think about that. That's. But I love I love that as a superpower. That's a good one. Yeah, I would. I it would put many people out of a job though because I do work in pharmaceuticals. You know, I forgot. <laughs> I'm just honest. realizing they're, they're, smart, they're smart people. I used to work in pharma for about seven, eight, nine years myself. They'll find other jobs. They'll find other jobs. <laughs> Let's hope for them. They'll be okay. They'll be yeah, okay. I think so too. That's it's true that I work with a lot of smart people there. They all have PhDs and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are those? <laughs> Many of them remind me how smart they are. Like, ah, that's right, you're intelligent. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, let's let's not get into that because yeah, some might listen, but yeah. All right, last question. Yeah. If you could cast your own movie, who would play and star you? And then what type of movie would it be? Star me. I think it would be a it would be a man. Um to to you know to make it a little bit more interesting and it would be kind of um 
Um, maybe a mystery with an interesting twist at the end. Okay. Yeah. I what you did there. I, uh, I don't know if we've had anyone else cast themselves with someone of a uh, different sex, but I, I do like that. Um, do you have an I'm actor that you would want to play? Play you? Yeah. Adrian Brody. <laughs> oh, that's just cheating, though. All right, that's fair. It's a good one, though. It's a really good one. Yeah. Look, if, if you're picking Adrian, I'm picking Terry Crews to play me. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want. That's how I want the world to see me. That's how I want the world to see. Me. Yes, I love that. Um, are we answer. talking like I'm Adrian glad. Brody from Kong, or? Oh. Adrian Brody from uh, from a Wes Anderson movie, I guess. From, okay. Uh, where was he? And he was in um, the Jilling Limited. I think I liked him in that. He was kind of uh, his. But uh, the latest... if he wakes up a little bit. He would be a bit better, I think. He needs to wake up. <laughs> he he played a very good uh, Italian in um, Peaky Blinders, the show Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I was going to say he's got a wide range. He's he does got a very yeah. wide range. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, Lydia. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. We really um, just enjoyed our conversation. And just obviously we could probably continue with this for a long time, but um, just wanted to thank you for what you do and so excited for you and your career and your track and privacy as a, a privacy officer. I'm, I know obviously the passion's there and the <clears throat> it's exciting. Uh, I'm sure that things are opening back up so you can probably maybe see people again. Um, I don't know if you speak at, um, you know, conferences or things like that but i'm sure it'll be better than doing it through you know video chat but thank you for what you do thank you for coming on the show gabe no echo the same thank you very much this has been a pleasure i'm sure our our listeners will uh will be very interested to tune into this one so thanks again for coming i appreciate you following up and uh and making another show you've got a standing invite anytime you want to come back and uh discuss any, any topics oh. in particular by all means um we are we are here and we are all ears thank you again I'm honored. Thank you very much. Should I hang up now? <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah. You can if you'd like. I guess so. I don't know what happens. Do you stop recording? Or? Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to thank all of you out there for tuning in each and every week. And to all of our amazing guests for coming on. I, I know that there are millions of other shows and it means the world to have you with us on this journey. We are so grateful that you choose to listen to us each and every week. If you like the show, tell a friend, have them tell their friends, and then make maybe make some new friends along the way uh, so we can continue to spread the word and keep learning together. Let's protect what matters most. And by the way, DJ, can you go ahead and drop that outro beat and keep it classy? We'll see y'all next week. Hey.